0: Uh, welcome to Eagle Month This Morning. We are so excited that you're here. Um, it is a little different. So we don't just have one preacher, we have three. And what's fun is that you have to listen really close, and then at the end of today, you get to vote a pastor out. So there's three. There's there's Jaden. there's Brennan, and there's Joel. Um, yeah, well, lucky you. <laughs> pastor Marlowe chose who was preaching today. Didn't put his name on the list. I'm not saying anything, but... <laughs> He left himself off, so listen close and decide who you like the least, and then you can (laughs) email Marlo at Eaglemont and let him know. (laughs) It's only horrible if you think you're going to lose, but I'm here to win, so welcome to Eaglemont. Um, Today, I get to talk about Bible engagement, so engaging with the Bible sounds like a fairly straightforward process. Read the Bible, understand it, and do what it says. But honestly, it's not that easy. We're busy. There are verses that are hard to understand. There are some verses that are really long and have a lot of names that don't always make sense. And doing what it says doesn't always feel natural to us. But 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those for whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make sure that you are wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible is where we get to read the very words of Jesus and hear God speaking to us. It's a direct line of communication with God. I have only nine minutes on this today, but I could probably spend days going over all that the Bible gives us and why we need it. But here are five quick things that the Bible tells us. It tells us God's will for our lives. It gives us discernment. It gives us direction. It's a lifeline for us, and it is filled with the promises of God that he has given us. It's essential for living a life like Jesus. So the Barna Group does uh, research yearly and throughout the year um, on Christianity and the church trends. And they did a study in 2021 about the state of the Bible. And interestingly, Bible engagement actually increased in 2021. So... The proportion of Bible users in the United States has remained fairly constant for the past decade. Um, In typical years, approximately half of American adults reach for the Bible at least occasionally. Over half of US adults say that the Bible is without error. One quarter of respondents believes that the Bible is actually the word of God and should be taken literally. About 3 in 10 hold the view that the Bible is the Word of God. And though it does not have errors, parts of it can be interpreted both literally and symbolically. 16% say that the Bible has some historical or factual errors, but is still the Word of God. And taken together, 7 in 10 Americans claim that a view that regards Scripture as the Word of God is good. So over half of American adults hold what is known to be a high view of Scripture. Uh, Our next slide says that Americans largely believe that the nation would fare poorly without the Bible. So over half of U.S. adults, 54%, believe that America would be worse off without the Bible, which is actually a 5% increase since 2020. One in three American adults believe that America would be the same with or without, and there was a 5% that were ambivalent the year before, but actually moved to a more Bible-affirming view in 2021. I find this one extremely interesting. as Christianity has become increasingly less popular in our mainstream culture and media, yet still over half of adults believe that we are better off with it. And since 2018, the percentage of the population that scores on the scripture engaged side of things, remained largely the same, which is great. Um, A major shift meanwhile is happening in the form of kind of the middle group. So they moved from Bible disengaged to the movable middle, which is also interesting as well. So those who were once disengaged have moved into a sometimes engagement with the Bible. And this middle group has jumped since 2020 from one quarter to over one third. So, the Bible, still the best-selling book of all time, still sells roughly 20 million copies a year, and it's not just some irrelevant storybook, but is actually needed for every person who wants to know Jesus and God's plan for their life. So, part of my nine minutes is that I want to give you seven ways to practically engage with the Bible as we move forward. The first one is reading it out loud. So reading the Bible audibly brings different benefits to reading it silently. Um, When you read it out loud, it actually helps you concentrate better. It helps you visualize, and it helps you remember what you're saying. So actually hearing the words back means that you can slowly digest these important truths rather than do that skim speed read over top of them. Uh, Reading it with others is number two. Reading the Bible with others strengthens your faith. So in Bible times, literacy levels were actually low, and copying text was really expensive. So it was more common for believers to gather together and hear Scripture read aloud to them. So this meant that many biblical texts were written with hearers rather than readers in mind. So it's a really great way to get your whole family involved and to try something new with the Bible. Number three is pray it. I won't go into this too much because Pastor Brendan is going to talk about this more. But you can actually pray scripture itself. Jesus taught his disciples to pray by giving them the specific words to use in the Lord's Prayer. And the early church often directly quoted scripture when they were praying. When we pray God's word, we declare and meditate on God's unchanging truth and promises in a very changing world. Number four, all the children's ministry workers say, sing it. Uh, Did you know that there are at least 185 songs in Scripture? And the book of Psalms is the chief hymnal of the Bible. One of the most effective ways of memorizing biblical truth is by putting it to music. I still have Sunday School songs that I learned when I was like six, that when I hear certain verses, I can sing you that whole song. So a great way is make a YouTube or Spotify playlist and reflect on a new passage that you can connect to that song, or you can type in kids' ministry Bible songs, and they will help you remember, I promise. Put it somewhere that you will see it is number five. So, at the time of Jesus' ministry on earth, the Pharisees took this really literally, and they would wear scripture verses. So, they would have a small box tied to their wrists or written across their foreheads. They would put it everywhere that they could. So, You don't have to tie Bible verse boxes around your waist in this day and age if you don't want to, but you can keep it anywhere that you look at each day. So if you have a kitchen chalkboard that you put your grocery list on, write it on there. If you have an office that has a whiteboard, put it on there, set it as your phone background so that every time you look at your phone, you're seeing these verses, or you can display it in frames around your house. The more you see it in front of you, the more it will sink into your heart and your mind. Number six, memorize it. So if you've been around for the last little while, you may know that we are working as a church on our Bible memorization. And this is because memorized verses are forever yours, even if you don't have a Bible in hand. So when I was young, my mom would always tell me that I needed to memorize the Bible because if I went to jail like the Apostle Paul, I might not have a Bible, and then what would I do? There are some questions with this logic. (laughs) It's not really making sense. The main one is why my mom was worried about me getting jail time as a child and was very adamant that I must know the Bible so that when I went, I would still know Jesus. (laughs) But she's not wrong. Memorizing the Bible is very important. When we hide his word in our hearts, as the Bible calls it, we are blessed. We can battle temptation better. Our faith is strengthened. we, uh, We walk in freedom a little easier and we gain wisdom for life according to Psalm 119. If you want to begin committing scripture to memory, start with small chunks. Read it out loud, read it with others, listen to it, sing it, pray it, and actually writing it by hand is a really key way in helping make sure that it goes into your long-term memory. And number seven, our last one, put it into action. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word, do what it says. Actions speak louder than words, and the most active way possible to engage with Scripture is to do what it says. Hearing it, speaking it, singing it, memorizing it, writing it down, all of that should lead to us actually living it. Knowing what the Bible says takes effort, but actually doing what it instructs can be much, much harder, and it can sometimes be difficult to know where to start. So one way that you can move from simply absorbing information to experiencing transformation is by asking yourself what your next step should be every time you read, hear, or study God's Word. We also have the Daily Time with God booklet at the back, which is a really great guide to help you get started with reading the Bible and gets you engaged with the Igawant community. So hopefully these tools will help make your first five in the 3 by 5 challenge a little more life-giving this year. So quickly, as we close and we switch over to Pastor Brennan, take out your phone, choose a Bible verse, and set it as your background. Just for one week, give it a try. Any verse you want. It can be an obscure one. It can be one that means a lot to you. It's all your choice. But set it as your background and see if that helps you remember that verse just for one week this year.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I wasn't nervous until I found out my job's on the line right now, so, okay, so sorry if I'm tripping over my words a bit, uh, it's a lot of pressure, so, for, yeah, forgive me. Um, okay, my name's Brennan, I'm the worship and young adults pastor here, uh, if, if you haven't met me, um, I'd love to meet you, and if you have met me, please tell me your name again every time you meet me, it just really helps, sorry, um, yeah I'm just gonna jump into it so I'm really excited about this three by five challenge we're doing um, uh, on maybe a less chaotic week we probably would have remembered to put these on the chair on the chairs again but uh, not something we did today a few weeks ago if you're here uh, we had these on the chairs so three by five challenge is a little bookmark that we're given out and it's five minutes of Engaging God's word, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of listening prayer. That's the challenge for for you, for our church, to do that every single day. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to encourage you. We wanted to give you something that can help you kind of remember. It has a couple points on it. So if you haven't had one, if you haven't grabbed them at the back table in other weeks or picked it up when you've had them out, they're at that back table. Please pick one up on your way out um, so that you can join with us in this. But yeah, I'm just really excited about this 3x5 challenge because I think it's something that everyone can do. Um, yeah, it might take some prioritizing, of course, but everyone everyone can find 15 minutes in a day. You know, that might mean 15 minutes less of YouTube, or TV, or Netflix, or social media, or time with friends, or 15 minutes less of sleep, but whatever it is, we can all make that happen. And, hey, you might not be successful every day, You might prioritize the wrong things, you might let things kind of take over your time, um, but that's okay because every day is a new day. And the beauty about, about this challenge, about what we're doing this year, is that, you know, you're not going to fall behind and then feel overwhelmed. All we're asking is that, hey, if you miss a day, try again the next day. And um, yeah, that's all we're encouraging as a pastoral staff, and that's all that God is asking of you. That's all God's asking for us, that if we fail, we just try again. Right, so um, yeah, don't feel this huge pressure. But this is something that I think we can all grow in. And um, for those of for those of you, for those of us that maybe already already do this, already have more spend more than fifteen minutes uh, with God, you can maybe then focus on one of these on listening or on prayer or God's word that you want to grow in this year. Or maybe that's just this year. It's going to be taking out more time for that. Um, so yeah, 15 minutes is what we think should you should try to reach for if you haven't done it, and if you're already doing things like this, then just take steps forward, grow in that. Um, but yeah, anyway, try to make this a habit, set time aside, set reminders, find someone to keep you accountable. Just make this a priority, and we we are really excited about this challenge. Now, um, yeah, just one more quick encouragement before I talk about prayer a little bit. I just wanna say to, um, I just wanna encourage everyone to Put away your phone and put away distractions in your time with God um, to actually focus on God, which is why we made this a bookmark uh, to put in a physical Bible. Um, Now, I'm definitely not against technology. I love technology, but I do believe that our phones are a detriment to our time with God, um, at least for 99.9% of us. And if you think you're the exception, you're probably not. I'm sorry. Um, just, just to call that out there, because <laughs> probably half of us are like, "Oh no, I could I'm, I'm, i i I can do it." Um, no, phones are made to distract you. Of course, they're, you know, every app and our phones are just made to hold your attention as long as possible. Um, you know, you're, you aren't g- going to be able to listen to God well or at all when you're getting texts from your friends and family, uh, or when your social media of your choice is two taps away, or when. Oh, yeah, no, I meant to text that person. Oh, I forgot to check that. Oh, the Oilers game's on. Oh, I wonder what the weather's like tomorrow. Uh, All that stuff. So I just want to encourage you to put away your phone and, uh, yeah, just spend that time uninterrupted with God, which is what you'd want to do if you're pursuing, you know, like a deeper relationship with someone. You wouldn't be on your phone a lot. Same thing with God. Uh, And then just a small practical thing, if, uh, if, you know, you put away your phone and then you're getting all these, oh, I meant to do this, I meant to do this, Just have a piece of paper, write down those thoughts as they come up, and then you can deal with it after your time with God instead of, oh, I put my phone away. Oh, I need to do that, running out and just letting it be an interruption. But yeah, there's a small practical thing for you if you haven't had your phone uh, away from you in those times. So um, yeah, also, if you don't have a physical Bible, we would love to get you one. Uh, You can grab a Next Steps card in the chair pocket in front of you and uh, write or check off that you would want to receive a Bible, you can also do that at eaglemont.info through the next steps button. Okay, sorry, now we'll get to prayer. Anyway, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, these three areas of engaging God's Word, prayer, and uh, listening to God are just vital components of our discipleship journey, of our walk with Jesus. And uh, I'm excited to take to, um, to talk about prayer today because it's just, it's been something on my heart that I feel like God is calling me to take steps forward this year. And I really want to be intentional about that. And uh, yeah, prayer is absolutely crucial to the way of Jesus. And as with anything in the way of Jesus, we should be lifelong learners. You know, prayer is something you can do very easily. You can just say, dear Jesus, and then start talking or you don't need to say dear Jesus, you can say other, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's also something, even though it's easy, we can grow in for the rest of our lives and become, um, yeah, and grow in prayer. And I and if we want to learn how to pray, we can look to the teaching of Jesus, as Jaden mentioned. Uh, Jesus' disciples asked asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus responds and says this. This then is how you should pray in Matthew 6. Verses 9 to 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now we did a series on the Lord's Prayer this summer. If you missed that or missed some days, I encourage you to go back and listen to that and learn a little bit more of what each line means and how to pray through that. Um, but you know, if you're praying to God, uh, or if praying to God is new to you, or if you've been praying your whole life, the verses known as the Lord's Prayer that we just read is an outline that Jesus encourages us to learn as we pray. Each line we can take and pray for uh, in our own words and in our own lives, and we can pray many things under each context of each line. So um, yeah, I just encourage you to memorize the Lord's Prayer, to or to just read it and pray through it, pray through each line. It is a guide in how we should pray. And uh, yeah, like for many of us, I think the first, our initial response is to just think about, oh God, please do this, this and this for me. But you see that praying for our daily bread is halfway through the Lord's Prayer. We have to start first with coming into a relationship with God, with praising him, and then praying for the things under, you know, his kingdom and his will before we get to ourselves. And that's just a good practice, I think, um, in what Jesus was was teaching people. So I encourage you to learn how to pray through the Lord's Prayer this year as well. Um, and on the 3 by 5 bookmark, we have a few points. So the, these points were the basis, or the Lord's Prayer, was the basis for these points, but just to condense things, uh, we only put three things on the three-by-five bookmark. First, we have prayers of thanksgiving. You know, uh, the Bible teaches that we should come before God first with praise, with thanksgiving, with worship, um, just to, yeah, focus ourselves back. We can get really self-focused, really um, all about what's wrong, but there's so much good, and God is always faithful and good, and so we start by thanking him for the things in our lives. And then we also have um, a note. Now, if I were to redo this bookmark, I would probably swap. I would put Conversation with God, third one. But anyway, Conversation with God um, is just learning how to pray and just share your thoughts, share your doubts, your pain, be honest with God, talk to him like you would a friend, talk to him like he is there in the room. Um, Yeah, and this is something that I also encourage you to do just in your Normal life, when you're out and about, be praying, be talking to God through everything. Um, Yeah, pray for your needs, your daily bread, the things on your heart. Just spend that time talking to God. And then, as Joel's going to talk about, he's going to talk about listening prayer. This is also a time when you can kind of flow in and out of speaking and listening to what God might have to say if you're asking him a question. And then we have prayer for others, which is um, another way that we keep our prayer life from being too self-focused. It is to remember to pray for others. Whether this is, you know, for our church, for our community, for specific people in your life, um, friends, family, coworkers, whatever it is, we want to always be praying that God is moving in the lives of the people around us. Um, So yeah, that is the third prayer point. And that is just the quick overview. So I just, we just want to encourage you to try to do this every day, to take this up As a challenge for 2023. Um, And also, if you want to take steps forward in prayer today. um, Today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. As we talked about our prayer and fast nights. So I really want to encourage you guys to uh, be here tonight and tomorrow. And then on Zoom on Tuesday for 6.30. To grow in prayer. To grow in how we connect with God. How we speak. How we um, give in prayer. Prayer is sometimes a sacrifice of learning to pray for others and spending that time because our prayers actually change reality and God works through them in amazing ways because that's his promise. So, thank you, everyone.
2: Um, I'll turn it over to Joel. Thanks, Pastor Brennan. Pastor Brennan and Pastor Jaden did a great job this morning. I'm really sad we're going to be losing one of them after today. Uh, you may be wondering, why did we choose these three challenges? Why is it prayer, engaging God's word, and what I'm going to be speaking about listening? Well, the reason why is because all of these have to do with relationship. And if you're new to church, if you're new to faith, if you don't really actually know much about Christianity or Jesus, that's actually what we are all about. The whole point of our lives is to have relationship communion with God. And so the point of this challenge through this year, the reason why we as pastors feel so strongly, we want to encourage you to participate in this is because it's all about building your relationship with God. Now, I want, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have in your lifetime at any point ever gone on a first date? Hands up. You've been on a first date before. Isn't it wonderful? Some of you are shaking your head. The shame is already coming over you. It's been well over a decade since I've gone on a first date. But I want, you, I want you to think back. Now, can you imagine, especially if some, some of our young people, if you're actively dating right now, I want you to put yourself into the shoes of a person who goes on a first date and the person they meet with, they meet at a nice restaurant, they sit down and they spend two hours together. And the entire two hours, the other person talks the entire time. They talk about themselves. They talk about what they think. They looked up your profile on Facebook. So they talk and tell you about yourself. How many of you would love to go on a second date with that person? Please don't ask my wife if this was her experience on our first date, by the way. I don't think it was. No, of course you wouldn't. Why? Because they are solely focused really on themselves. What did they need to do? They needed to learn to Listen. I think when it comes to our relationship with God, we all struggle in different capacities with that. Some of us, the idea of reading the word of God, maybe we've had bad experiences or we don't know how to read the Bible, so that's been challenging for us. But some of us, we find that easy. It's, we can engage that way. Some of us, prayer is super intimidating because we don't know what to say, but others of us have learned that we can say whatever and God wants to hear us and he welcomes us in. But I think the majority of us really struggle with this third aspect of listening. We're good at the talking, but we're not necessarily good at the listening. The Christian life is not about knowing about God, but coming to know God himself. Romans ten seventeen says this. Some of you know this verse already, okay? So if you're like Jaden and you learned this when you're younger, you can finish it for me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the? By the word of God. Now, right away, we read that and go, yeah, hearing by the word of God. Hearing comes by the Bible, by reading the Bible. When we talk about the word of God as in the scripture, that word is the word logos. But that's not the word that's used here. The word when it says uh, hearing by the word of God, it's the word rhema, which means spoken word. It's God's spirit actually directly speaking to you. Now, maybe that's foreign to you. Maybe that sounds weird to you. Maybe that's way outside your experience, but it's definitely not outside the experience of what we see of those who had a relationship with God in the Bible. Throughout Scripture, we see God's people hear God speak directly to them. Adam and Eve listened to God as they walked in the garden. Moses heard God speak through a burning bush. God spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Gideon, Samson, Elijah, Samuel, David, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Saul on the road to Damascus, and many, many others directly heard the voice of God speak to them. The full Christian life is about being in close relationship, intimacy with God, to know him. And the key to coming to intimately know God is hearing him. So I ask you this question, have you heard the voice of God in your life? Many years ago at this church, I, I used this illustration because I, I find it's one that works for me. Uh, if you've ever played with a CB radio or walkie-talkies, my son got walkie-talkies for Christmas last year. And it's fun because he can go upstairs, I can go in the basement, and we can talk to each other. And you can talk and talk and go back and forth. And it's, I don't know why it's more fun to talk to someone when they're not in the same room, but it just is. Here's the thing with a walkie-talkie. I think sometimes when we think about talking to God, we treat God like we're on our smartphone and he's just listening to us. And we get really caught into the talking. Because oftentimes when we choose to talk to God, it's because we're in crisis mode. Or we need an answer, or we need something from God. So we talk to him in desperation. But if you've ever used a CB radio or a walkie-talkie, you know you can ask whatever question you want God, where are you? God, why can't you help me? God, I'm in desperate need. I need to know what I should do. Should I take that new job? Should we move? How can I help my son? He's struggling so badly. We ask questions, but we hold on to, if you've used a walkie-talkie, you have to let go of the trigger on the walkie-talkie so the other person can talk. If you continue to hold down on the trigger, they can be talking over and over again, but their voice will never come through to you. So many times in our lives, we ask and we talk to God, but we don't listen to him. We don't make the room for him to actually speak to us. This is a challenge for many of us in our relationship. A big challenge to listening to the voice of God is making space for him to speak. Psalms 46.10. This might be a verse that some, some others of you know off by heart. It says this, be still and know I am God. This word, be still, is the word rapa, which means relax, withdraw, be quiet, be alone. It has a tense of stop doing, be still and know. This word, know is yada which means to know or perceive, to learn, to distinguish. For those of us who go, I don't understand what the voice of God sounds like. It means to recognize, to know by experience. Be still and know I am God. In our five minutes of reading the Bible, we're engaging God's word because God speaks to us through his written word. In our five minutes of prayer time, we are taking five minutes to share our hearts with God, to share our worship, our praise, our adoration, to share our requests before him, to intercede on behalf of others and the needs of those around us. But in the five minutes that we spend in listening, we're spending five minutes just to wait on God to be still, to purposely attune ourselves to his presence and to listen to his voice, what he may be trying to say to us. So in our lives, the challenge is every day make five minutes of bandwidth, five minutes of space. Find a place that's quiet and free from distraction and noise, as much as you can. Parents with young kids, I know that sometimes that's a luxury, You're like, I wish I could five, five minutes. This could be going out for a walk in nature. This could be finding an empty space in your room, maybe even just a closet in the house. Maybe it's locking yourself in the bathroom from your toddler for five minutes. Or you could be one of the things I find for myself, I find my drive time is my best time, because I have total control over the noise when I drive to work, my two and a half minute drive to work. I sometimes take extra loops. But you're going to need to make this space. And there's going to be temptation to think about other things or do something else. But you need to take the time and then choose to be still. To make a st- space that allows you just to focus on God. Brennan gave some great practical tips because there's going to be things that come to your mind during this time. If you need to, write it down, but to put it to the side. This is time just for this. We aren't emptying our minds. Rather, we're focusing our minds and our hearts on God. We need to learn how to regularly attune ourselves to God's voice. So very quickly, and this is on the website as we gave some, um, just some encouragements and some tips on how to do this, but four ways that you may find God speaks to you in your quiet time. There's many ways God speaks. God speaks through others. There's many ways, but I'm going to talk about four that you may engage when, when you're doing these quiet times. The first is is God's audible voice. And this is the, the way we often think right away. We want that Moses experience of God's voice. And we always think it's going to be like a James Earl Jones voice that beckons from the sky. But, and that does happen. We see it in scripture. But to be honest, most Christians actually never have that type of experience. So God may speak to you. From my my reading of scripture, whenever I see God speak through an audible voice, it's because he's asking that person to do something incredibly insane. He's talked to Moses in an audible voice because he called Moses to go back to Egypt and to stand up to Pharaoh and take the, the Israelites out of Egypt. If God's calling you to do something like that, you're going to get an audible voice. But that's not necessarily going to be your everyday experience. A second way that God speaks is he speaks through dreams and visions. Many in the Bible, God spoke through visions and dreams, like Joseph in the Old Testament. God may, as you spend time listening to him, he may give you images or pictures of what he is wanting to say. For example, if, you're, if you ask God, is there something in my life I need to confess or ask forgiveness in your quiet time, in your listening time, and you just wait on that question and listen to God, and God gives you a visual in your mind of a situation that's happening in your life. Something maybe you've done where you've insulted or badly wounded an old friend. That may be a way God's speaking to you. God can use visions and dreams to speak to us. Thirdly is the still small voice of God. We see this uh, first with Elijah and the still small voice in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. The still small voice is really hard to explain but it is incredibly pivotal to seek in our relationship with God. The Holy Spirit can speak directly to your mind, yes. But he also can speak directly to your spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he can often be that internal voice that warns or directs us of a way to go. It often directs us an opposite way of what we naturally would have chosen on our own. It's a different voice than our own. with that, I've I've had that experience when I I was a teenager and I first heard the voice of God and I heard God's words of his love for me that broke me. It was a different voice than I would have spoken over myself because myself, my my own voice was always diminishing and always downplaying and, and putting myself down. But this voice pierced my soul. God will speak through a still small voice. And then finally, we see God's written word. In your time of listening, it may be that God brings a verse to your remembrance. Maybe one you've memorized. Maybe one you've read uh, previous, in previous days or weeks. The Holy Spirit may make your devotions that you, you read that day just come to life to you. And bring them to life to your soul. And bring a rhema word from God's logos. A word that's directly for you, speaking specifically to your life. Now, a note as we talk about the, the rhema word of God, God's spoken word into your life, as opposed to the, robust, the, the logos, God's written word. Any rhema word of God, again, needs to line up with God's written word, his logos. That's our checkpoint to keep us balanced and straight. There is no formula, and I think this is where it's difficult. We want to give uh, some encouragement for those of you that this is new, but there's no set formula to how this has to be done. If I can say anything, it would be this. The biggest discipline is giving the time. That's actually what God wants most. He wants your time and your attention. And the other details are going to iron themselves out because his relationship with you is so unique, just like his relationship with everyone else is so unique and personal to them. So your devotional life, your prayer life, your listening prayer life is going to be unique to you as well. But one of the things that we've put on the back of these bookmarks is encouragement of starting with a question. Because again, if you're looking and focusing on relationship, if we make statements, statements don't lead naturally to us waiting for a response. Whereas when I ask a question, a question naturally lends itself to me waiting for a response to come. And you may find that you don't necessarily need to have these questions all the time, and that's fine. But we put them as a practical way because it does help with that. I've thrown it there and now, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting to hear you. So this morning, before I close with my portion, and, and Pastor Marlow's going to come up after this, but we're going to spend two minutes, two minutes doing what I find most people find absolutely petrifying and frightening. We're going to spend two minutes in quiet. Now, because of the nature of our setting this morning with lots of people, We're not going to do absolute quiet because we're all going to get distracted because you probably have someone in your row who's like me who tends to tap and make noises, and it's super distracting. So uh, Dave's going to put some music on just lightly in the background, but the focus is not the music. What we want to do is have two minutes of just waiting and listening. So if you've done this regularly in your life and this is easy, you just do it. If maybe this is different for you, then I'm going to encourage you with two questions. And you could choose one of these two questions maybe as you're, I'm going to throw this out, God, and I'm going to wait on you. Okay? The first question is this. God is, it's just a simple question. God, what would you want me to hear from you today? It's question number one. Or second question you could choose is this. God, is there anything in my life that is getting in my way of being closer to you? God, is there anything you want me to hear from you today? Or God, is there anything in my life that's getting in the way of me being closer to you? God may speak to you through an audible voice. God may speak through you through visions, through images that he gives to you. God may speak to you through his word, through a verse that comes to mind. Or he may speak to you just through that still small voice, his prodding and leading. We're going to spend two minutes here just to take time to listen. Father, thank you for the peace and the strength that comes just simply by being in your presence. As we as a church step out in this, I pray that you'd help protect us from falling into simply a routine, into an obligation. But I pray that we would actually experience each person here I pray would as they step out in this would experience an intimacy with you God that daily they would sense the presence of God with them more and more that we would know you more and more for those who maybe uh, this morning maybe they had an inkling of what you were saying to them to that question that they asked. Or maybe it was just a real sense of your peace and your presence. We thank you for that gift. And I pray that that would only grow in us. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Thanks, Pastor Jaden, Pastor Brennan, Pastor Joel. Uh, Our church is blessed to have... uh, pastors who communicate the word of God so well, and and, and they, they treat, you need to know this, church family, they, they treat the responsibility um, seriously and prayerfully. I've seen that, and I'm blessed as pastoral team leader to, to have a team like that. Me- meaningful, meaningful teaching today. And again, at Eaglemont.info, on the prayer or uh, on the three by five button, there's a there's information there about those three areas that have been taught about. A little more information, and you can you can find much good information. And many of you, again, you're further down the road. Fifteen minutes for you is 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 in your rearview mirror in terms of where you are in time you dedicate to. And and that's we want to press into that growth, right? So um, if this three by five is a three by ten for you. Uh, then that's, that's good. Ten minutes in each of those three things or whatever it is as God, as God leads you. Um, there's also a place on the website there, eaglemont.info on the 3x5 on the button to express your commitment to this. We, we, we would love to hear about your commitment to engage with us in this in 2023. And we want to pray for you as you do it. So let us know. Go there and, and just fill out that little, put your name there online, and uh, we will uh, journey together in this, in this exciting, uh, exciting year ahead. Let me say quickly a thing about fasting. There's an excellent article I found, and I shared the link. It's on the website, eaglemont.info, uh, prayer and fast gathering button. Uh, an excellent article about helpful uh, I found it helpful and biblical about fasting and the d- spiritual discipline of that. And so I encourage you to read that and talk to God about what he might want you to do related to the, the spiritual discipline of, of fasting as we give up what is physical to press into what is spiritual. Okay? Uh, I think that's, uh, that's all. But I did want to share as we, a, a benediction today. We don't always do this, but it's a, there's a just the words of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. God bless you for being here.